Welcome to the Seminar 23 commentary. I am the director, Marcus Beatty. And with me today are the two fantastic writers for these particular shows. We have the fantastic web panda himself, Brian Oldman. Hola. And also we have the fantastically Frank, Frank Harbuck III. Greetings, or whatever. <laughs> I am going to be abusing them while they yell and whine at me about how I ruined everything. Are you dirty rotten? First of course, is our uh, fantastic uh, new instructor, Emma, uh, who has this fantastic voice that I love to death. And the first show she's going to lead into is Luau at Pirate Cove, which, of course, falls into the hands of Brian. All right. The well, panda. First, thing, first thing, two things we'll say about the instructor is great voice, but she missed the she messed up the title. She said Luau. At, yeah, she said Luau at the Pirate Cove. Ah. Uh, okay. Here's here's Bill Fisher. Um, I have to say this was a dream cast because Bill, I, I could see him as the captain, like leaning against the tree in sort of a rakish Errol Flynn kind of pose. Um, and, um, well, honestly, I kept expecting a Jack Sparrow here and there. Yeah. Off with you then. Let's see. Um, there, there are a couple of things I'd love to talk about in in this uh, play, and that is things that are not seen very much. First is editing. Um, Jeffrey edited this, and one of the things that he noted is you've got a pirate crew, you've got the water sounds. The audience is probably going to think they're on a ship. I'll do what I can. So, so right away you mentioned the shipwreck. Yes, it's like in in the in the opening line I mentioned the shipwreck. Just so it's like okay, yeah. And so editors contribute a lot that the audience never never hears. Um, so um, I definitely owe a lot to Jeffrey for this and to Marley for my later seminar scripts. Um, yeah, hands up to Marley. I got to thank her for helping. Yes. Um, the other thing that goes unseen is the contributions that Marcus makes, because when you do a perfect job, nobody no, nobody really notices. It's well, kind that, of a sad thing. That never happens. Um, perfect, well, huh? Uh, well, here's, here's, a, here's an interesting thing. When I wrote the character of Harry, I was thinking Harry, you know, a grizzly, well, you know, a, a salty dog kind of character. With a little on his forehead. Right, and Marcus did the casting call for him as a cabin boy, and I thought, okay, that's that's a valid choice. That's which by the Oh, oh, the summoning. Oh, the script is so short. We're already in the summoning. Um, I made this up. Um, it was a uh, maiden mother crone invocation, like it's done in neo pagan religions. Um, and so that's what he's doing. He's doing a summoning like somebody would do in a pagan circle. Um, and we get the sea witch. Um, and I like how she sounded here, honestly. Yes. Well, that, well, that's 95% cat and like 2% me. And being really... Yeah. Um, okay, the thumbs up, Cap. Thanks. Well, the genesis of of this story was this was a sailor coming to the sea witch and saying, "Turn me into a pig." 
And um, which was just funny. I gotta say, when I was reading the script, all right, when I was reading the script, I thought I, I'm like going through reading this, I'm like, what is the point? And then he gets to the whole thing of pig, and then it gets down further. And I'm like, oh my god, this is insanely sick. <laughs> Uh, well, when I heard it, I, when I heard the whole thing about not being a pig, I'm thinking, okay, I've heard better pigs, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, well, it all goes back to back to the Odyssey, which is, you know, where the sea witch comes from. And uh, the funny thing, of course, is once I had the seed of the story, um, I heard cat voicing the sea witch. Mm-hmm. And it was the sea witch with cat's voice who kept just saying her lines in my head and it's like all right all right and i sat down and just tried to type as fast as she talked and um so cat was of course the only person who could play her um, um so now, you're in a rare club right now i am one of the only other few people that you will ever meet who have had cat in their head before yes and she's done that to me i'm also writing star trek defiant and her character of megan pushes me around and forces our way into scenes there. Um, well, I've so, never had a cat in my head with this catnip count. So, now, there was, uh, of course, also, you know, the Sea Witch is pro- probably our only pendant character who has been in a fan show and now an original show. Mm-hmm. And... When I wrote this, I asked Susan's permission first, because Susan normally writes The Sea Witch. And I did do one little line of tribute to Susan, which was when The Sea Witch says, so let me get this straight, um, which is a catchphrase of The Sea Witches in yeah. Susan's scripts. In the Wonder Woman scripts. Yes. <laughs> yes, for, ev- for anybody listening who hasn't figured it out, The Sea Witch is Cersei. But she's a copyright-free character because she's like four thousand years old. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, you can't get nailed for that, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's in Wonder Woman every so often. So, but it would be like having a copyright on Ares, you know. Yeah, you know. Um, the, that's why everybody has a different yeah, version of him. <laughs> Same basic character, yeah. though. We should be sure to save and this was this shows just how how much. Cersei whispered in my ear, the character of the Sea Witch, is she told me about, you know, summoning the pig and then putting some of James' tattoos on its skin. <laughs> so my question is... Because she wanted to screw with the, the pirates. So, Brian, my question is, that where did the script come from in your head? I mean, when you, when you first came up with this idea, were you drinking heavily? I was not. <laughs> just, I mean, what happens to me with stories is imaginary people talk and I eavesdrop on them. Ah, okay. Um, oh, and, oh, 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 and here's for all, anybody who wants to submit a seminar script, here's a clever tip. I made it a pirate crew instead of a sailing crew, like setting it, you know, on a Greek sailing ship like the original Odyssey so that everybody could just bring their own voices. Because on a pirate ship, you could have people from any nationality. Mm-hmm. So that was purely for audio convenience. Like, oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, well, it's like Ox, you know, sounds American, and the captain sounds British. And... Yeah, you get that real mix. But yeah. a, lo- a lot of the reason I saw Harry as a cabin boy is because of how he talks to... Um, I want to say James. Yes, James. Yes. Because <clears throat> he always talks well, up to him. Uh-huh. 
so that's why I pictured him as a cabin boy, which is the reason I cast a younger voice into it. Yeah. Which and mm-hmm. which and this is sounded like it worked. I love Colin's take on on Harry also, and like I said, that's to me that's the magic of this collaborative work is that you know it's. I can let go of the script, and then you, you select the perfect cast, and they bring their stuff. Okay, can someone say brown noser? <laughs> I don't know, man. i got to be nice to him, because he posts my stuff to the site, so I have to suck up to him. Right, I apologize. I'm just super brown. Sorry. The, the, the brown nose is going the wrong way, though. I should be sucking up to him. <laughs> oh, and I love Cat's delivery on this final line. Oh, well, she always has great delivery on lines. She is just insanely mean, though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard in one of your commentaries something about whip marks in the mines or something. Oh, yeah, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> she yeah, can get yeah. violent. Yeah, well, it'd be really mean if she poured lemon juice all over him. <laughs> and a little bit of salt. Yeah. Oh, and, man. And I loved her her analysis here. Cat wrote the analysis that Alicia gave. That yeah, basically, I took a story from the Odyssey because Ulysses meets the sea witch, you know, as he's sailing home, and crossed it with Pirates of the Caribbean and threw in Susan's Circe and yeah. Cat Cat does all the seminar scripts in between. All the instructor scripts are written by her, and from reading the scripts that are sent over after editing by our fantastic new editor. Can't remember her name. And she's gonna hate me. Marley, Marley, that's right. I knew it. Yeah, okay, another thumbs up to Marley. I really gotta thank her. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I honestly like some of the opinions she gave me when she was editing my stuff, and thank her for being patient. And now we're moving into Dracula Sucks, which is Frank's show. Yep, that yeah, I wrote this. I <laughs> I wrote it. Now, now, Frank, I have to ask you a question. I okay. started reading the script when when they first come to me. I read the scripts twice before I send a casting call out <clears throat> because I want to know the characters that I'm looking for. The interesting part in this is that this reminds me a little bit of a movie that came out called Dracula Dead and Loving It. Were you inspired by that movie? I uh, guess I was. In fact, when I first thought of it, I was watching Dracula Dead and Loving It, and I thought, there's so much room for better jokes than this. And then I thought of one joke and another and another, and I thought, crap, I better put this on paper. So, but yeah, Dracula Dead and Loving It was part of the inspiration. So is the black and white Dracula and the Gary Oldman and all the other Draculas. Oh yeah, they're, they're all inspired off of off of core elements. But I mean, and I and I have to say I hate you because the two shows I've had from you so far are a western and Dracula, and they were loaded with effects that I either had to foley or murder people to find. Well, I have a very overactive imagination, so when I see something, I like a picture or a story, I write it down in detail. Apparently. I mean, you had everything down to wolves howling and just completely odd stuff. And reading it was just hilarious. I, because when I'm editing, 
I sit at my computer, my 24-inch screen, and my wife passes behind me. And when I leave, she'll, like, put on the headphones and listen to it. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I was editing together a uh, the Renfield delivery with uh, Dracula. Um, when, the, when they're first going back and forth in the castle. And she's like, that's just funny. <laughs> at that point, I knew I had the timing right. Wait until you read all the other parts to it. Yes, this is only part one, apparently. Yeah, there, including this, there's six parts. I tried to make it at least four, but there was just too much stuff going on in my head that I said, no, wait a minute, I just can't leave this out. This has got to go in. So, but was, yeah, there's, there's six parts to it, so... So we got at least six more chapters coming. Five more chapters coming. Yeah, five more chapters, and hopefully the second one is even funnier than this, because this is where you meet Lucy and all that. But I've got... For, this is a little bit of a sneak peek. I've got Harker a lot like Keanu Reeves when he was doing Ted in some scenes in the next one. <laughs> so, Brian, you yeah. you got to listen to this. What did you think of this show? Well, uh, first I'll say Dracula is my favorite book. Um, my my father would actually read me sections of Dracula's bedtime stories. Another um, one. Um, so I I have seen hundreds of film versions of it, and I love how Frank pilfered all of the most comic or just most groaningly overused elements. From all the Dracula movies, uh, of course, the wolf there that reminded me of the whole uh, Frau Luca thing from Young Frankenstein. Uh, yeah, that was a big inspiration right there. I thought I'd decide I gotta use that joke. It, it'd be perfect um, with the horse name. But uh, so, uh, yeah, Mel Brooks, if you're listening, don't sue me, please. <laughs> if Mel Brooks but, is listening, I want a job. Uh, oh, I'm sitting here. <laughs> um, my 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 favorite part though is once we get into the castle and it's just the pattern the the timing between the two characters. Um, it really sounded like they were in the the same room the way they play off of each other. Yeah, well, that, that was the hard part to do. If anyone doesn't notice, I'm playing Renfield, so and, and, and the driver. <laughs> Oh yeah, and the driver, yeah. But when I when you uh, when Marcus sent out the casting call, I, I suddenly realized, oh crap, they don't know how I saw this in my head. So I auditioned for both Dracula and Renfield, thinking, well, if I get a shot, at least it'll be somewhat like I saw it. And then I get the, the thing saying I'm Renfield, and I, my jaw hit the floor like, holy flirting snap. Well, you gave me a great audition. I mean, like I tell people, I don't cast based on any real known thought of who people are that are auditioning. I I audition and cast based on the voices that are going to mix together well. And you just gave me such a great voice on Renfield. It was hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's a combination of Peter McNichol Renfield from Dragnet Didn't Love It and the black and white one from the Belagosi. I just put it together, and I couldn't pass up doing the crazy laugh that you hear later on. I, I, that's just one of my favorite things about the rent, both rent deals I had to do. 
And of course, Perry Whittle is Dracula, who amazed me. Dracula? <laughs> yeah, no. When I heard it, I was a little hesitant. I'm thinking, oh, great, who they get to play Dracula? And then I hear this guy, I'm like, holy shit, they got Gary Oldman. No, sorry. My name is Count Dracula. No, Perry Whittle is one that I like because I can put him anywhere. Sorry about that. Literally. And he works out well because of how his voice is. Yeah, well, even my dad was impressed. He's a vampire fanatic. And he loves Dracula, so I played this to him. And he said, hey, Dracula actually sounds good. Walk this way. Oh, and here's this little line. Who do I look like? Aerosmith? I love how you switch the scenes right there coming up after he says that line. Well, you had to. I had to do the walk, and then I had to do a guitar riff, because, you know, he said Aerosmith, and <clears throat> if I didn't do a guitar riff, people would have hated me. Yeah, that right there, I cracked up laughing the most. Um, so, uh, a question for you, Frank. Since okay. Dracula films have been set everywhere since all the way back, you know, the time period that the, that the films have been set in have, have been all the way back to 1850, to, you know, 2000, you know, whatever, present day. When When is this set? Uh, basic, well, supposedly set, like in the book, 1898, but, you know, I figured it's a comedy, I'm just going to be silly and include stuff from the modern era, but it's supposed to be set back in the time period the book places the story. Okay. And so, you know, I, I decided to go the classic route. I mean, honestly, sometimes I hate it when they take a classic like Dracula and put it in modern times, because then sometimes it just doesn't work. But, so, I decided to go the classic route. Okay, now this has been me recently with the neighbor's dog. I haven't thrown anything yet, but I'm getting damn close. <laughs> But at least Perry Whittle does give me occasionally the good improvisation like he did on that past line where he he mentioned go get acting classes and I, it was a toss-up of leaving it in and taking it out. I left it in. Uh, <laughs> I like good improvs that are funny. I'm fine. Yeah, that's also the hard thing with me. <laughs> I, you know, I see some of the lines and I'm thinking, well, maybe I can add something in here, because, but, you know, then again, I'm not sure. So. Well, that's one thing I turn over to the actors on every script, is that if you see a little room to improv or do something with the line, do it. Give me one clean read, and then give me the improv. Because if the improv is good, I'm going to use it every time. If it fits and it works with the script, I'll use it. Because Wake up. they see more in the lines because they're doing the character. Ah. <laughs> I mean, there are times I see stuff in scripts, too, and I just, like, edit a lot of files around it. <laughs> like, in the pirate script, when he had the whole summoning thing, I was like, I couldn't just have him talking and saying the summoning without something happening. So I added in wind, and then I add in this, and through the course of him speaking, I add in, like, nine different effects. Ending in a lightning bolt. You don't piece me off. Well, it worked. <laughs> and it worked. It, it, it worked. And that's what I liked about it. <laughs> yeah, well, then you're really going to hate me now. Uh, uh, Marley uh, said she was interested in an idea I had for another similar script where basically uh, 
superheroine, finds out her boyfriend's a supervillain, he dies, so to honor his memory, she becomes a supervillain. No, no. Okay, I hate you then. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the way I have it in my head, it's going to have a lot more sound effects, so yeah, I'm still trying to hammer it out. You're really going to hate me if this comes across your desk. Nah, I like I like all the scripts that we wind up getting through. If you get past Marley, I'm gonna love the script. No matter how much work it is. Yeah, well, the, I hope you like the other Dracula scripts because she sent them back to me two or three times before I finally got the suckers right. <laughs> and that's why she's where she's at, is because she she is the first door you have to get through. Uh, and but, but, but part two, you should have a lot more fun and there's a lot more jokes and everything. Especially with Lucy and all them. <laughs> and I got that fun little music. I got I got to use a lot of my darker music in this and a lot of darker transition stuff, which was kind of fun. And I brought the music up at the end because I know this is going to be a continuation. Yeah, you don't you don't want a voice that just says "to be continued." I was tempted. Uh, <laughs> I was so tempted, but I decided. No, I'm not going to go that route. I'm just going to bring the music up and let it all fade out and then <clears throat> go right into my instructor. Uh, well, yeah, back into the That's better than the idea I originally had. I originally pictured someone writing, To be continued! What? I got a pleasure to tell up in another part! Why, yes, of course. Damn you, old man! <laughs> that would have worked, though. <laughs> oh, great. Now you tell me. <laughs> Well, the best part is, as those scripts get on, you'll be back on more commentaries, too. I got oh, Brian for, like, the next three months. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I guess I won't delete Gizmo after this. <laughs> no, you got to keep it around, because you'll have to come back. Easy. Too late. All right. So, you thought it was gone, but the dork returns. Frank Harbuck III. <laughs> he will be back. So, overall... As we wrap these, as these shows are coming towards their end here, as Dracula slowly wraps up. And you gave me some great pain voices, too, which was fun. Oh, that was easy. I hit myself in the crotch. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, just do that. Remember what I sound like afterward and try to repeat it. And try to repeat it. Oh, that's just wrong. On many, many levels. The blitz joke. The most informative seminar commentary, folks. <laughs> yeah, hope we didn't bore you too much. Watch as Frank gets hits in the crotch. <laughs> That's gonna be the tagline on this one. I'm thinking at this rate. So overall, you guys think the shows are good? Yeah, I, I thought I definitely liked the Pirates one. I thought it was real good, and I liked how you did mine. So yeah, they were good. And Brian. Yes, um, yes. I am looking more to, for, to to more of Dracula Sex, and you, you you gave me chills with my script. <laughs> well, I'll screw up your next two, I promise. Okay, folks. On that note, we're gonna wrap this bad boy up. Uh, we're gonna let uh, we're gonna let Frank say goodnight. Say goodnight, Frank. Goodnight, everyone. Now I gotta go be Titanium Angle Smith of Cornwood. <laughs> And we're going to let the panda himself wrap it up. Night all. And on that note, folks, I thank you both for joining me on this uh, nice, lovely evening. And I will see Brian next month, whether he likes it or not. And hopefully I will see Frank in the future. 
All right. So whenever you want to see me again, just hop in a DeLorean. Just hop in a DeLorean. Why do we get Back to the Future references in this, too? Now we're in trouble. Now we're going to get sued. I think we need an, a- an Apple reference in here also, don't we? Yes, we do. We need an Apple reference. Buy an iPod. Send me scripts. <laughs> I'm going to stop recording now.